morning and welcome to Dateline New Haven and WNHHFM New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make New Haven tick. There's a man here who makes New Haven tick in the studio today and a concept that makes New Haven tick. Ready for the word? It's one of the most boring words in the English language, but it's most, one of the most interesting topics behind it, infrastructure. <laughs> We're always talking about infrastructure. Everyone's talking about these days, federal government, local and that's like a really vague, boring, polysyllabic word, but it really means roads, bridges, sidewalks, um, buildings, uh, parks. The stuff that we care about the most in New Haven. We talk about it the most in New Haven. And as a result, when you read the New Haven Independent, you're all the time hearing from Giovanni Zinn, who's making all those things happen and fixing them and building them in New Haven as the city engineer. Giovanni Zinn, thank you for coming back in. Well, thank you, Daylight Paul. Appreciate to be here. It's been a hot minute, you know, with COVID and all, but glad to be here. And we'd love to do an infrastructure update with Giovanni because there's so many different projects around town. So many things going on that we like to know about. We thought sometimes it's fun to just do it in one place. And congratulations, Giovanni, on your birth of your fifth child. Yes, indeed. Not not a whole lot of sleep, uh, especially last night, but we're, uh, we're hanging in there. The only question I'm going to ask you about that is how does being an engineer help a parent raise five kids oh gosh that's uh you build like ramps for them to just kind of like go off into the sky and come back safely or i i think you know actually not to get too wonky here but uh probably the biggest thing is an understanding of critical path schedules right what are mm -hmm. the critical path uh what are the steps that need to happen to get from you know, point A to point B. Like if and, a baby doesn't have the diaper change, you're not going to get the three-year-old in the car yet. Right, yeah. And, and, you know, how do I get, <laughs> you know, five kids from point A to point B, right? What are all the steps? What are the critical steps? How do you what are the do ones that are not seats? Like, aren't these kids all little? <laughs> Um, no, I, I've got two that that meet the the, fe the state requirements for uh, which not is what having... now they have to be thirty now not to have a car seat. Uh, no, I think it's <laughs> sixty pounds and eight years old. I'm sorry, so. you're such a curmudgeon, but like yeah. when our kids were little, or first of all, when we were kids, we just like sat up or stood in the back, right? Yeah. But now, when our my kids were little, it wasn't eight years old and sixty yeah. pounds. Is that a good thing? Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, safety is obviously very important, and you know, you can get some narrow booster seats and stuff like that 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 help. But yeah, I'm at the the capacity of our minivans for sure. So uh, you know, there's a there's a nonlinearity past five. And do they ever rebel when they said now we're gonna get dad or mom? Everyone that we put in the car seat, one of us will take it off after he gets one in. And you got to go back up down the line. Uh, no, they're they're. They're pretty they good. They revolt. actually, uh, it's gotten to where the, the, the older two have actually been really good about helping, uh, you know, oh, right. yeah, helping out and uh, helping people buckle in and all that. So that, that's that been good. And then the baby is, you know, so small that you buckle them in the house and you just get to click in the uh, the, the baby seat. So that that's helpful. I love that. So the older kids help you with the gang. Uh, it would be hard otherwise. A family, is a, a family enterprise. That's fantastic. And as a city. We all try to pull together to make everything safer and better as well. Yes. We'll transition. How did that go this year? I mean, we're, we're finishing another year where you're so busy. Yvonne, you're everywhere. I mean, always meeting with the community about how you got to redo road corridors, how to do climate change and resilience, how to fix sidewalks, how to have safer streets that so we don't crash into each other. How'd that go in 2022? You know, it, it, you're, you're always fighting the fight, right? Um, and, and I think we've gotten some good things done. There's a lot more to do. Um, you know, I, I think sort of some of the larger economic pressures have really been felt in, in, in infrastructure, you know, around inflation being one and then the supply, supply chain, chain issues that, right. you know, still bedevil us to this day. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's weird that, you know, what used to be, 
you know, really kind of rare and, and, and noteworthy uh, for delays is now just, oh, yeah, it's a fact of life. And um, Give me an example of that. Uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, pick a piece of HVAC equipment or, uh, you know, we had a, a real issue with uh, uh, fire alarm devices, you know, getting getting the little you know, the little strobes that go on the wall and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it used to be that you just go to the supply house and they'd have them. And now you're, you know, 12, 15, 18 weeks out on them. And it takes a lot of planning. Um, and even the, the longer... Sort of like getting all the kids in the car seats. Right, exactly. You know, and, and the items that used to be, you know, 12 weeks, right? Like a piece of electrical gear or, or something like that are, are now a year. Wow. And and that just really makes it very very difficult to. Um, so when I explain to people who, who just ask me like, hey, they, they drive by something, ask Giovanni like, wasn't that supposed to be built already? And I said, <laughs> I think sometimes that this stuff is just taking forever to get these parts that we right. used to get. So you're saying that's the deal? Uh, uh, that that is one of uh, them. I mean, I think our processes. Um, you know, I, I'm a bit of an optimist at times as well. I, I think that uh, <laughs> that comes back to bite me from time to time. Yeah, I think but, what you're talking about there. Tell me if I'm right. Is that when you do things in government, a lot you have to get a lot of approvals. First, you need a public right. approval to say, yes, you could do this project, and the money will be there. You can accept the money. And that sometimes takes months of votes because they go to committees of the board or alders sometimes. And then at every step, especially if you're working with the state, you have to have, be, get sign-off, right? They have to right. say, you, you said you, this looks like it's going to do what you say you're going to do. Or it's not. It doesn't meet those specifications. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. So, I, I mean, especially when you're using funding sources that are not the city. So we obviously aggressively go after uh, grant funds that are a lot of our infrastructure is funded from the state and federal level. Um, that adds a large amount of complexity. If I'm not wrong, I seem to remember that on the east side traffic calming you were doing, right? Like on Long Wharf, wasn't there a lot of state approvals needed on that? For right. Track? Yes. So, yeah, I mean... Anytime there's a drop of state money or, um, you know, federal money or you are impacting a, a state, you know, owned facility, uh, you know, state roadway or anything like that, that all becomes very complicated and time consuming because there's a lot of coordination um, and there are a lot of checks and balances, which can be good, right? I mean, right. the government thrives on checks and balances. Uh, you know, the downside to that is obviously it takes time. Um yeah, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing necessarily. Well, Giovanni, it was 2022 a year where you felt like you got a lot over the line. Did you feel you had a lot more frustrations than you thought you would have to get stuff over the line? I I, I think we got a, a fair amount of things over the line. Um, you know, it's uh, you know some of them were, were squeaking in here like Chapel and Yale. Uh, <laughs> but that to... was so exciting. You know, people do. People always grumble if things don't happen right away. But then once they start hopping, they get sight. People, because I live on West Philly, we're talking about the peanut, which is this really interesting roundabout, which is actually peanut-shaped because all four streets, and you just explained this to me. You have so much patience with me, by the way. I really appreciate you, <laughs> Giovanni, because I don't understand this stuff. You explained to me how because it's chat near the Yale Bowl and West Philly Music Bowl, where these four streets come together, there's a lot of heavy traffic, and they're like been like 50 crashes in recent years. Um, they don't come at even angles. Correct. Four ways. So as a result, the regular roundabout when it works, so you design this peanut. Right. So that where each place it hits, it'll be safe and it'll be effective. And so that's required all this work is happening now. Everyone's so interested in it in the neighborhood, you know, that they're seeing this retaining wall by the park so that you can build a new catch basin so that you can have a little island that leads up to the peanut in each direction. And uh, and so that took a bunch of years. And what held that up? Well, I, I think we, you know, we bid it out uh, early in the spring. Um, you know, we had a contractor available and, you know, it bid a an aggressive price and then uh you know after a few months of going back and forth on paperwork they're like well we can't do it anymore at that price and so they had to they pulled out their bid 
Um, and, uh, and what was what had gone up in price that made that happen? Um, everything, all the materials for the for the for the job. What kind um, of material? Stone or uh, you know, granite, concrete, asphalt, stone. And had that all yeah. gone up with inflation? Yes. Um, and you know, it was a, it was a small uh, business that had had done that. You know, New Haven owned, and you know, we we understood. You know, we're not here to p- put people into into bankruptcy necessarily, um, mm-hmm. and we can't you know force someone to do something. Um, you know, so we went to the next bidder and, and they were able to do it, but then, you know, that you have to restart all of the, the, the paperwork and, mm-hmm. and, uh, meetings with, uh, you know, uh, uh, with the commission of opportunities or small contract development program and all of that. So, um, and, and then they had to get it slotted into their schedule. So that, that's why we were able to, you know, get started here right before winter. Um, we've shut the roadway down, uh, get through as much of it as weather allows, you know, uh, open back up for, for the winter and, uh, then finish up here in the spring. Um, you know, but it, we're is it making first, pretty good is it progress. Our first peanut. It is the first peanut. Yes. Have, Not, are there peanuts elsewhere, or did you come up with the peanut? No, I mean they're they're elsewhere. I, I think Massachusetts has some. I, I'm not sure of any in Connecticut. How did uh, we get the idea for that? Uh, we we you know one of my engineers had seen it. Uh, you know, in, in is that the, Adam or no? Adam, yes. Um, and I Adam's think also we had seen it on social media. Some some people in New Haven had posted something. You know, uh, somewhat. And just to be honest, I'll never say this again in my life because I want to write this headline over and over. It doesn't exactly look like a peanut. It, it might not. No, <laughs> but it's, I, it's that same idea with the same kind of two half circles. But we're going to call it a peanut. Yes, it, it's Easy a fun name. It, some people yeah. I think call it a dog bone or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. There's, there's a few names out there for it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's one thing that you did get going in 2022. What what else were some of the big things you got going? Oh, this. The Edgewood cycle track we've been waiting forever. Yeah, that started to get going. What 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 held that up for so long? And that this year is when you got it started, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, we've gotten a lot of that constructed. The the vast majority of it constructed. Um, you know, unfortunately, you can't uh, put down final striping and open things up until it's fully constructed. And, and we have we have two items that we're we're waiting for. You know, to back to the supply chain issues is the uh, the poles. Um, I mean those and, delineators. No, um, the poles that we mount uh the traffic signals to and like are we talking here at Winthrop? Like uh i yeah I, a few of the intersections on the on the mm-hmm. eastern half so the western half we were able to uh get you know west of the mall right had three intersections so it was a, it was a lot less uh in terms of number of poles we actually floated them out of our own stock um Good in, job. In order so to get those you couldn't done. get it so you found something right so we before. floated them out of our stock and, and we we're able to then replenish them you know a few months later than we so had it's hoped ac- but... <laughs> it's accurate to say that those poles you couldn't get them quick enough so you found all the ones Correct. to put up well they were yeah they were essentially our unused. attic stock here that, yeah. that we had unused um and that was only three intersections but to the you know i think we have 10 11 intersections total but the rest of them are all east of the mall so it's a lot more poles there um, and, uh, I, I think we've gotten almost all of the polls in, uh, and then finally, the other thing that we're waiting for is the, uh, uh, traffic signal, uh, controller for the new intersection at Winthrop. And um, what's holding that up? Uh, the manufacturer, they just, you know, they, there's not a ton of manufacturers for traffic signal controllers. Does that and, have anything to do with supply chains or just? Yeah, very much so. I think. Yeah. And I, I know, for example, it's the same model as I believe, uh, traffic and parking has been waiting for, for many months, uh, over at. Chapel and, uh, oh gosh, why am I blanking on the name? Chapel and. You do have to remember a lot of street names. I do. The I, other day I was doing I a story and I enough. called you. <laughs> well, I called you from the scene of one morning interview we did and I told you about the whole interview and I interviewed them about how I was on Norton Street and it didn't make sense to you and you said, 
Sure, that wasn't Winthrop, and it was Winthrop. There you go. You yes. do a good job with the streets. Yeah, I know this is right next to 424 Chapel Street, so I should oh, definitely oh, know the Fair name. Haven. Yeah, yeah um, but uh, the, 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 the signal's been in flash there. No, no, this is uh, right right where the, the highway comes off. Um, okay. This is embarrassing. I'm sorry. Hamilton? Yes, Hamilton, exactly. Yeah. Yes, uh, <laughs> Chapel and Hamilton. Um, Which I was just in the Lost the New Haven Museum that's emerging with all the New Haven memorial. Oh, yeah, it's in awesome. In an old building. That's a Giovanni-type place that has all the old buildings and all the old street signs. It's yeah, really nice. no, it's very cool. Yeah, he uh, he did a little display for us in uh, in the, the hearing room in the basement of 200 Orange. Yeah, awesome. So, Giovanni, what's going to happen with the cycle track? When is that going to get done? We don't know until we get that signal. Well, we don't know until we get you know the signal control in particular. Um, and uh, we're we're trying to you know keep asking the manufacturer for dates. Um, I haven't given one us to 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 date. Uh, but you know I, I would imagine here over the winter we're able to get that. But that's mm-hmm. a pure guess, not based on a ton of reality from me. Um, but it, well, we're that using is the, it. The I've most ridden on thing. it yeah. when I get on my bike. Yep. And it was kind of, you know, I wonder when I think about this, you're doing so much interesting new infrastructure, to use that word. And we're talking about infrastructure updated, New Haven with Giovanni Zinn, the city engineer who makes that happen. And, you know, I didn't remember this in my old reporting. I always loved the city engineers. It was Dick who used to be the old engineer. But they didn't used to be as high profile as you. Is that because we used to do less of it? Or is it because the whole kind of citizens movement for safer streets has increased the demand for accountability and there's just more people to meet with and more ideas that are being hatched because of a greater interest in that in New Haven. Or do I just remember wrong that Dick Miller was all over the place and he was in the news all the time? I just didn't remember. I mean <laughs> I used to call him once a year. Yeah, I I, I would have I mean, I, I think a there's a, obviously a lot more interest, I think, with uh, with infrastructure, um, you know, I, I, and safety and social media, I think, has a lot to do with that. Uh, you know, bike Twitter is, a, is an excellent resource. I guess now it might be going to bike Mastodon or whatever. And young people who, but... are, who move to cities and want to be involved in the community, like Adam, who works with you in the engineer's mm-hmm. office, does TikTok. I also think people are more interested in their streets and their neighborhoods and their buildings who are settling in cities by choice. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a there's an understanding now, and and maybe more so that infrastructure is about connection. At the end of the day, um, you yeah. know, that's really the point of infrastructure is not to have a nice street or nice sidewalk or nice bridge for the sake of that, but it's to to connect people to opportunity to each other to uh, to recreation. Um, and, and I think people, you know, really are starting to understand the quality of life aspect to that. All right. So, what I wonder is when you build this stuff, a lot of it's new, and we gotta get used to it. So on this cycle track you built, when you go around the corner on Yale Avenue in front of Edgewood School, there are these planters because we couldn't afford to do like granite separators, right? We decided, we used to do sharrows, which were these arrows painted on the street. Nobody felt eventually that that made us safer. All the bike advocates beat up on you guys at City Hall. We need sharrows. You actually weren't, I don't know if you were in charge yet. We no. need sharrows. And then we all started riding on the sharrows. So these are scary as hell because the drivers yeah. don't know what they mean. And we're going to get run over. So we want our bike lanes. So the Steph administration, we're going to give you a million bike lanes. And then, and those are cool, but a lot of times people park right next to it. They open your door and you die, you can almost die, right? So mm-hmm. like, so now we say, well, we don't want bike lanes. We got separated bike lanes. So then you and traffic and parking spent all those years getting the state to approve. We did the first, I think, big one separated on Long Wharf and all that kind of stuff. And now you have to figure out how to do those with the limitations of your budget, right? So you right. can't always separate them ideally with some kind of stone separation, correct? Right, yeah, and and I think that it's um, you know in the case of Yale Avenue, the neighborhood felt very strongly they did not want to see delineators, which, which are, are those rubber duckies or right. those poles that aren't rubber anymore. Um, so you know we tried the planters, and uh, they, they they have their ups and downs. They tend to get hit. Um, and, well, but the first one or two get hit, and not the rest, right? right. So you have yeah. to keep coming back and fixing it. 
Right, exactly. So, you know, I, I think it's valuable for us to, to know and understand sort of what goes into it. Um, you know, do I think we're going to see conclude? planters? Yeah, I don't we... think we're going to see planters citywide, for example. Um, Will you do more Christian Street 2 or not? Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, a lot of what we're doing with, the, like, our major corridor projects um, is really putting the uh, bike infrastructure above the curb. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we, we think oh. that that is kind of where drivers and the public probably, you know, are, are most comfortable with it. Um, you Meaning know, both you have a ra- raised lane. Correct, yeah. So, and you have some of that, too, on the Edgewood. Yes. So, um, you know, sort of a, a slightly more spacious version of what we have on, on Edgewood. Um, you know, and, and we learn a lot from each one of those. Um, and, and so have you learned that planters might not work because people hit them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think having a, a permanent separation, a permanent hard separation is certainly what we want to do. I mean, there are budget limitations to that. There are difficulties right. to that. Um, it's, uh, you know, really has to be done in concept in concert with a larger project. Um, you start to really affect drainage, which drives the cost up very substantially. Um, so another middle part is to have these raised lanes. Right. So that's sort of the, you know, most uh, expensive way of doing it uh, to a certain extent. But it also is the, you know, the one with the least long term maintenance concerns. Right. Um, and also provides probably the best separation from traffic. Um, and, and I think also intuitively um, drivers understand that the, the area above the curb is is not theirs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there's it's a little easier for, for people to parse. Um, you know, that being said, I think we, we've looked at concrete barriers between lanes. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different options out there. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a but dance I thought you between, afford, I thought you couldn't afford the concrete. Uh, oftentimes we can't. Yeah. So it's a dance. I, it's a dance, right? <laughs> how do you maintain? I noticed delineators get hit those poles. So right. how do you find out that you even need to replace them? See, click fix. Uh, transportation, traffic and parking is the one that, that maintains them. We got a, you know, great sign crew with, with, with Danny and, and everyone else, uh, that does great work over there. Um, I believe, yeah, they, there's. A myriad of ways of getting in touch, um, and C-Click Fix is certainly one of them, and, and that's what I think. They also, you know, see them driving by, and, you know, we're through the city pretty often. Giovanni Zin, city engineer, in the middle of 90 projects at once at any one time in New Haven, and they all matter here on Dateline New Haven. <laughs> sidewalks. How much sidewalks work through? Because everyone needs a new sidewalk. The tree, we have these lovely old trees in New Haven, and they make every sidewalk buckle. It seems like it's impossible to keep up with it, right? Like everyone's- It's a lot. It's so a lot, you know, we we've, we've done, uh, I think this year, uh, this calendar, about 200 different, a little over 200 locations. I think we're just wrapping up a few more. So, uh, you know, depending on where the weather ends, they'll have a final number. Um, the, I think we did 10 to 13 larger stretches as well, what we call sort of major sidewalks, you know, it's the, the Shermans, the Winthrop's that, that you've seen. Um, oh, when you talk about the others, you're talking about one little piece piece of sidewalk, right? Well, like uh, one address, essentially. Mm-hmm. They're isolated sections, yeah. And how is there a total dollar figure for that? Or no? Um, so we track our dollars by fiscal year. So last fiscal year, we spent two point eight million dollars on. Uh, uh, and if just you could, about on, on how sidewalks. much? If we, if all of a sudden we didn't just get ARPA money, but God said you have all the money you ever want to fix sidewalks and all the people. <laughs> How many would we need to do to keep up with the destruction of sidewalks? 
Uh, you know, it's been a hot minute since I've looked at that. Um, if you had a guess. Instead you know, of also one of the sort of complexities of all this is that under ordinance, the, the property owner is actually responsible for the, the maintenance of the sidewalk. But you fix um, them anyway. Well, we fix them, uh, especially when they're things like street trees, which would be city responsibility, but also, you know, the Board of Alders under the ordinance and charter from time to time can allocate money for the, the repair of sidewalks. So we, especially in residential areas, we focus on that. Um, and, and we understand the importance of sidewalks, you know, connecting people to their neighbors, I, you know, especially in the pandemic we've seen, thanks, Steve. you know, I, I met so many more of my neighbors by going on a lot more walks and everyone was out there, right? Too. It was great. I it was fantastic. It. Yeah. Some of it's still going. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so then and tell me if I'm naive about this. I think we kind of figured out a good system in New Haven because for decades as a reporter, I always heard only the, you know, only this neighborhood gets it, sidewalks because they're richer, or this neighborhood because they turn out to vote. And it's still a political process, but in the sense that every alder gets a voice on this committee they set up to say, where do we most need sidewalks? Because they hear from their constituents. And that every neighborhood does get represented in that process, correct? Don't you even lead the allocation? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a wonderful, it's, it's a good partnership between us and the Board of Alders. Um, you and they know, set I, it up so everybody gets to tell you where do we need sidewalks, that everybody gets a sidewalk, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, a lot of our discussion, especially on our major sidewalks, are informed by that. We also do an inventory of sidewalks every five years, uh, four to five years. Um, and, oh, so you uh, decide too based on need. Right. So, I mean, we try to do a, a evidence-based approach here. So, you know, we hire a, you know, consultant to drive the city and, uh, you know, give us a report on the 378 miles of sidewalk that we have um, and, uh, you know, use that as a, to inform our discussion. Also look at, you know, where there are major users like, you know, schools and other places where people tend to really yeah, walk a lot. Seniors. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think the uh, there's that. Also, I think one of the things that we've done over the last, uh, you know, eight or nine years is is shifted a bit more towards um, a lot of smaller repairs uh, as opposed to just a few very large stretches. Um, and, and there's a balance because there are times where it's important to go through a street and do a long stretch of sidewalk and do the curb and do the full treatment. Uh, but now we've uh, we've set it up through our, our small contractor development program where. Anyone who bids can take a contract uh, at the low bidder's price. And what I learned um, about White Owl Construction is that got him in the front door, a local correct. contract from the Hill, and now he's doing big ones. City yes. engineer. Chivon is in on Dateline, New Haven, WNHHFM. Big thing in infrastructure this year. The city has identified eight underused, publicly owned buildings. Just kind of sitting there, in some cases not in great shape. And you decide those are going to be community rec centers for youth and older people. Right. And you're going to open them back up, and that's what you've been hearing from the city. We want things for kids to do. This year, you opened the Barbell Club again, or are you starting to? Well, yeah. we're going to, yeah, that and one the, is, needs the most work. That has <laughs> Coogan Pavilion in Westville now has programs going on. Yep. And the Trowbridge Center at East Rock Park. Right. So you got two and a half and going And Barnard as well. What's Barnard? Barnard Environmental Center. Well, it, it, that was the most recent building. It was probably in the best shape. The one, uh, you know, the other side of the bridge over yep, on the boulevard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can walk in that bridge, because you built the bridge, we have to close it ninety percent of the time because of safety, right? I, uh, I, that's a board of ed manages the bridge, yeah. and I'm yeah, not familiar with their uh, protocols. That's a scary street <laughs> to cross, but it's still great. You do it. Everyone goes to the park to play soccer, right. and it's wonderful. So you got four going. Are there four others to come? Yeah, there's there, well, yes, yeah. So Salperto, um, uh, Goff Street, and uh, and uh, West Rock uh, Nature Center are next three. Sort of Trowbridge is on its own scale because of mm -hmm. you know it's a very deep gut renovation. Uh, so we got the first three open. We got the next three that I just listed coming up. Um, you know those are sort of the the middle 
ones, mm-hmm. and, and then we've got uh, you know uh, the last couple here. Yeah. So, Giovanni, you know, I'm just thinking about it. I'm throwing so many things at you. You got you keep track of a lot of stuff. I try to. <laughs> a lot of little details, <laughs> man. I couldn't do it. Okay, and then the tennis courts at your park, you fixed. You got them rebuilt. That was a great community thing, all sorts yep. of walks of life. You haven't had any event. Is that because there's something left to do? I, I think we have a couple last few things that left to do, um, and uh, I, uh, I've i been out on paternity leave the last month, uh, last week uh, or so. So, um, you know, I, I think we still have a couple things left, uh, the, the electrical service. Um, but, but people are, we are yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're they're there uh, here. They're very popular and, uh, you know, exciting. Also, uh, you know, America's fastest growing sport. Uh, pickleball. Pickleball. Which I don't get, but I'm always... uh, It's fun. I mean, my, my, my in-laws are huge pickleball people in, in Milford where they live. And so, you know, we they also live on a cul-de-sac. So the kids go out and play pickleball with, with, with Papa out there. And, uh, you know, they have a great time. It, it's, hey, if it gets people active, it's a great thing, right? One of the trickier things we've talked about in New Haven, we're always trying to learn the lessons from our past, right? How you build up neighborhoods. We've, we've embraced mixed use. We, we had a right. few generations ago, we thought you separate everything out, factories, offices, where you live, stores. Now we want to clump them all together. And we're, But then it's not always easy when it comes to Giovanni's turn and city plan commission's turn to actually rebuild commercial corridors. Because I've been on a number of these press joints going back decades, but every few years we say, now we're going to build rebuild congress avenue kimberly avenue whaley dixwell you know sort of the uh, grand avenue these commercial corridors we have another round of that right where you're rebuilding corridors how's that going so yeah and that really focuses on the infrastructure right um you know i can't pretend to know a whole lot about (laughs) some of the other stuff but um you know, looking at the major corridors, the city-owned corridors, you know, and, and we're getting state money to transform them into what we want to see, you know, places that are connecting, uh, that connect people to their local businesses, that connect them to their schools, to their parks, to each other, right? I mean, so many times we think about the, the major roadways in New Haven, uh, you know, Dixwell Avenue, and how hard it is to get across, and that, you know, the, the people on either side really... And, of course, Valley Street. The, right, the Valley Street, exactly. Around, around those corners, and you also on the East Shore down by, um, what was it, Lighthouse Road? Yeah, and uh, Quinnipiac Avenue, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think is a really important one as well. So so looking to that um, and, and really incorporating uh, a complete streets philosophy. Where, so where, where, where are we on all that? So uh, they're all in various stages of final design and, and final permissions working through the state. We uh, had to, we're just finishing up a, a rather substantial road coring pro- program where we had What's to that, go what and that mean? take cores of the roads every 500 feet to see what the, the material of the road all the way down. And that's a grant requirement, uh, which is uh, somewhat time consuming when you're doing <laughs> miles of roadway. Um, what does coring mean? You just dig down in? So you uh, have a, you know, a, a hollow um, drill bit that drills down eight, 10 inches. Um, and then every mile and a half, we've got to go deeper and go several feet down and, um, use a more of a traditional drill rig for that. Uh, but basically it gives us a a sample of, you know, how many layers of asphalt there are, what's, what's below the asphalt. Um, you know, actually on a bunch of our older streets, we we find concrete base. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. And so then how, how you say how I missed the number of how much you have to do it every, how many feet? Every 500 feet. Wow. So you need to do that before you can start. So do you think next year we're going to start seeing these improvements? Yeah, I think next year we're going to start seeing, uh, you know, uh, at least a couple of the corridors. Okay. And then um, Giovanni Zinn, as a city engineer, you've been a point person for environmental concerns, how we're going to deal with uh, 
global climate change, sustainability. We've talked a lot. I'm, I'm not going to make you go through the whole thing again about the pipes <laughs> they're building in Long Wharf, which is a big deal sure. with the demonstration project. Five years, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to try to stop that flooding on the, yeah. on the east side coming off the um, harbor, and that's wonderful. There's also been talk about electrification. So yep. there was discussion about whether when we buy new cars, like we're buying all these new police cars, whether they should be electric vehicles. And to my surprise, the board of all this the other night got a request from City Hall and they approved it with concerns. They're not buying electric vehicles for the police. Why is that? So I haven't, I, I don't know the full details of what the police are buying exactly and what the availability is. Um, you know, I know we're certainly looking for our light vehicle fleet, a lot of electric vehicles. Um, I think also, you know, we're buying our, our first electric trash truck uh, mm-hmm. that was approved by the board a few months ago and oh, is on fine. order. Um, Let us know when that comes in. We yes. want to take a ride. I, I think one of the challenges with the police fleet is uh, the charging, right? So we use right. these vehicles three shifts. Um, and uh, so how do you charge that quickly that many vehicles? So I think we have 50-something, uh, you know, police vehicles. And, uh, you know, if you're using them three shifts, uh, you suddenly are well into sort of the high end of rapid charging, you know, trying to charge all these vehicles. Well, one idea Steve Winter's talking about is maybe at the substations there could be a charger that the public could use too, and then when the cops go to write their reports, if they're parked there at the substation, they could be charging. But I guess it's a lot of a lot of keeping on top of it. Yeah, yeah it's. I mean, that becomes a, a very tough planning exercise. I mean, if you think yeah, about it, right. if we're trying to charge 50 cars all at the same time at shift yeah. change, you know, it actually, I did the math. <laughs> it, it works out to be like the... the power draw of the entire wastewater plant which is oh, you know, five wow. megawatts it, it's it's a very large electrical problem so I, I think that's probably the hardest fleet that we have to, to crack in terms of charging so you're working on that one uh it's 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 in there it's in the bag <laughs> okay giovanni's in we're talking about a, a infrastructure update and um you know what about pedestrian bridges i know we had a new one this year you finished in west side of town there are a whole bunch of pedestrian bridges there Martin Torres-Cotero, who used to be, until very recently, the outdoor adventure yep. guy, he was taking me through the Nature Center, and there are these woods that some of it the Nature Center owns, some the city, some is just kind of there that you reclaim from the state, and there was a pedestrian bridge that came out of the West Rock developments like Ribicoff that go down a hill, and then that could connect you to the Nature Center and to West Rock, and do you know if that one's being rebuilt? Do you know what I'm talking about right under Ribicoff? It's an old stone pedestrian bridge that crumbled. I do not. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, we did do a couple of pedestrian bridges over there between three, the Brookside. Three, I think. He walked me and, on three. It's so cool in yeah. those woods. Yeah. So so you saw those three over there. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not familiar. I know uh, Zach Shapiro, who's our, our, our stellar uh, chief structural engineer, has been working with, was working with Martine on, on some bridges up there. I think he built some and they get Yeah, and they got well. a lot of volunteers helping you, yep. too. And then this year you reopened the Grand Avenue Bridge ahead of schedule. Yes. Is that staying in good well, shape? Well, right around schedule. Yes, it is staying in good shape. It's been working well. Um, you know, the uh, the only real sort of uh, issue we, we've had uh, numerous times was an issue with a switch in the traffic gate, of all things, right? You know, the, the little arm that goes up and down and the switch uh, keeps getting out of alignment and other things. So we're we're working on a, on a, on a different solution on that. But, uh, you know, there's always something that, that, that happens. But, you know, fortunately, that one's a, a fairly small one. <laughs> and any other bridges this year in the planning uh we're actually going to have a public meeting here shortly on, on uh humphrey street bridge uh maybe in a couple weeks um there are two are you is this the one on humphrey right before it turns into james i mean not, right yeah this is right before Lombard. this is over the mill river so right before mm-hmm. you go under the railroad uh underpass mm-hmm. um and that one is primarily a, a scour protection project 
Um, and what does that mean? So uh, the bridge has been rated as susceptible to scour, meaning that in a very, very large flood event, mm. um, you know, the foundations and the underpinnings of the bridge could be uh, susceptible to damage. Um, that's not a good thing. Scour is one of the uh, major risk factors for a bridge. Um, you know, I, I think it's perfectly safe now. We're getting ahead of it. Um, and uh, we you wrote know, about this a year ago, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. So, so we, I remember the pictures of the right. potential scour, and you don't even know it's a bridge, right? Uh, not necessarily, it. unless you notice there's a river flowing under the road. But yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's not those kind of bridges where you know you're driving on a bridge. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to happen here in 2023. Um, you know, we wanted to get through the, uh, you know, the, the Grand Avenue Bridge and all of the funds associated with mm-hmm. the Grand Avenue Bridge, and now we're able to uh, get into it. And any in other, you know, the infrastructure bill that Congress passed and Biden, yep. President Biden signed is going to have tons of money that I'm wondering whether they're even going to be able to spend it all. Is New Haven going to be looking for any other projects under the infrastructure bill that you're going to apply for? Yeah, I, I think there's there's a ton of different things. You know, staying on bridges, uh, the 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 Ferry Street Bridge is is the next sort of large bridge project that we're starting to look at. You know, it's it's you know a few years out from actual construction, um, but basically doing all of the things on the bridge that weren't done when it was closed for several years in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the the deck needs replacement. There. Uh, you know, some areas of corrosion that, you know, had been painted over at the time that now need to be fully addressed. So um, uh, there's, a, there's a number of things that we'll be doing there. Excellent. So, Giovanni, that was a rapid <laughs> run through. <laughs> I got to admit, you, you, you're one of the people with the best recall for details that when I ever met. So now you got oh. five kids. It's going to be put to the test, Giovanni. Yes, it is. Yeah, but, but you're awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate. It. Thank you for having us on. City engineers, Giovanni, in any last words you'd like to mention? Uh just thank you to everyone that that reaches out and you know makes this job as interesting as it is. Uh, we really appreciate thank it. Thank you and... for for making us all feel good about government. People love well, to hate try. government, but you're the government. You go out there in every neighborhood of the city, and you talk to all of us about how we want safer streets and better roads. You never get flustered. And you're just doing a great job. No, we try. Thank you. All right. So we're going we're gonna, to um, take a little break here at Dateline New Haven and listen to the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free from the group CD of Plea Peace. But we're coming back. Because guess what, folks? The future of the Senate hangs in the balance today, the U.S. Senate in Georgia. And two New Haveners, Jaywan Carter and Daryl Brackeen, are there in the trenches trying to help a Democrat win that seat, that 51st seat. So they're going to be, they're taking a little break from their work about trying to protect the future of our republic to talk to us by Zoom. We're going to do that in five or ten minutes, so hold tight, enjoy the music. Harry Dross has got us covered, and uh, we'll be right back at you.